Hey, listen. Is your mouth tiny and small? Then why don't you come down a little bit? Little bits. Where, where the food is tiny. It looks like regular food, but really tiny. You put it in your mouth and eat it. Nothing gets stuck in your lips. It's just tiny and tiny and fits right in. <laughs> fits right in. Little bits. We got tiny of lasagna, tiny pizza, tiny pie. Mm, little tiny fried eggs. Oh shit, we got tiny people. Little bits. You hungry? Come on down. Little bits. Eat some shit, you stupid bitch. <laughs> Just kidding. Number 67 of Grill How Long Steak Mister. Living out with rest. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and blame Johnny for us not being, uh, uh, having an episode out last week. That's fine. But I totally understand. I was he out of is, town. Uh, he was in San Francisco. Woo woo. The so. San Francisco tree. <laughs> <laughs> Rice Aroni? Is that it? <laughs> yep. Oh my God. Anyway, yeah, so we are back in studio this week uh, on South Lake Union in Seattle, Washington. Uh, we're recording to you at Studio 212, part of the Soundcasting Network. And I am your host uh, who has the biggest waistline, also the most brain uh, capacity, and the, the better skills of the, the two in the group. Uh, your boy has got the flick of the wrist. Okay, I am Bobby Stills. Across from me. Known as I don't know, man. <laughs> you always pull up like known as the man with one baby, <laughs> the new homeowner, the cook without a restaurant to cook in right now. <laughs> also, uh, he is not the minority in that kitchen anymore. Woo woo. Uh, the Afro Latino with no fro. Uh, I got many one girl. Johanny Tanami. Ah, uh, thank well, you. Welcome back. <sighs> It's good to be back. I just shaved my balls. Gross. <laughs> anyway, uh, how was San Francisco, my man? It was dope. A lot of fun. Uh, it was great weather. I'm sad to be back in Seattle because it's all rainy and dreary. Uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to Senor Sising. Uh, Senor Sising. Yeah, it's a food truck that was on the Guy Fieri show. Uh, <laughs> tr- diners, dives, and drive-ins. Is that the pic? Did you post this picture up on our um, up on our uh, Instagram? With that line? I think, no. Or maybe I just saw a picture of you. No, I posted it on my Instagram, but it was super good. It's like this like uh, vinegar-based um, pork that's been braised, and then they just char the hell out of it on a flat top. So it was a food truck. Yeah, it's a food truck. San Francisco. They have six of them, or four of them. Damn. Yeah. They've been open for a couple of years now, but uh, it was it was delicious by far, I would say. I know people are going to hate on me, but it was definitely one of the best tacos I had in San Francisco. Yeah, if anybody's listening from L.A., uh, I, I don't stand behind that uh, that statement. I like how white people like to compare tacos. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we make the best tacos. It's a great debate. I mean, I've literally have friends that who aren't in the restaurant industry, aren't in the cooking industry, just argue about tacos. I'm like, you don't know how to make tacos. <laughs> and then my girlfriend uh, said to me at like on last week was raving about somebody else's tacos. I was like, man, you ain't never had my tacos. And she's like, watch her make. I was like, they take too long. <laughs> they take, I like the quick and dirty tacos. Yeah, you know, you know? I'm not trying to slow braise. If I'm going to slow braise my meat, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be for something else. Just going to feed it real quick. Yeah, I mean, that works too. Whatever. Anyway. Anyway, um, anything else you want to shout out in San Francisco? 
Uh, you know, not really. Everything was good. everything was dope. Good, good. Food well, welcome all back. Um, yeah, we're gonna try and go ahead and start skipping our work updates because uh, I'm getting bored of them. Me too. So I'm I'm assuming a lot of listeners out there may be getting bored of our work updates. Who fucking cares how we're doing at work? I mean, I bet you a lot of people are going to email us now and being like, we love your work updates. <laughs> <Yeah>. Don't stop. <laughs> well, let us know. I mean, it's the same thing. I think me and Johnny are just going to try to keep significant things in there. My work is going good. Um, I had a discussion about with one of my managers, my co-manager. You seem to, and that's every week though. I know. Well, no, we had a discussion about what to, co-manager, about wow. what to do about a, a problem, an issue. And communication, that's what it is. Word. Uh, June baby not open yet. Uh, I'm sure you're getting tired of hearing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eduardo. 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 He got but, his braces off. Nah, dude. Yeah. I, I'm just, That's some epic news right there. <laughs> if you don't know, my chef had, wears bra- used to wear braces, and he came in on Sunday, and I was talking to my boy Jelani, and I was like, wait, did chef get his braces off? And he's like, no. Wait, did what? he? So, so okay, well, here's a quick update on where I went to eat. First of all, I went to eat at, I've always called it Jolie, Jolie, but it's just Jewel. Jewel, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It's J-O-U-L-E. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Jolie. I don't know why I've been calling it that since it's opened up. Was it good? Bad? It was Medium? good. It was delicious. Uh, yeah, it was wonderful. Uh, quite expensive, though. You know, they got mm-hmm. that 20% service Auto charge, yeah, which yeah, I'm yeah. fine with, but still, I mean, I I had one drink that I shared. I had two appetizers. I had an appetizer that I shared. I had an entree that I shared, and I had a dessert that I shared. We just went there to get a quick snack. I was like, "Man, this place, this place is good." You know, uh, everything was fucking amazing. Looked beautiful as fuck. Um, but dude, fucking eighty dollars. You know what I'm saying? So it was probably like what sixty five. Fuck, Plus. I don't. I'm a twelve dollar drink. Um, entree was like 30 app was like 15 dessert was like 12 yeah that sounds about right I'm just thinking of like you know 20% too I don't know but I wasn't I mean I didn't even pay for it I, I didn't pay for it but still I was like damn but it was, everything was fun. I mean everything was great um, if that's the way it's gonna be is food's gonna be that expensive now. it's worth it I mean, I'm with it I, I mean get, it, it, as long as I feel like I'm not getting ripped off and I didn't feel like I was getting ripped off everything well, looked beautiful good. and tasted good and then I went to Solari where Johnny has been kind of filling in for and it's his boss's um, other restaurant we took uh, my uh, girlfriend's grandmother Gra out to uh, brunch there. She loves Solari. Well, she mentored your one of your uh, coworkers, Colton. <laughs> so. He needs a lot of mentoring. <laughs> damn. No, he's the homie. I like Colton. Well, no, you remember? Oh, damn. I, I, you guys, I shouldn't say anything. Uh, I'm not going to say anything. Um, but yeah, man, I told you, like, you know, everybody out there needs help. I have no mentors when I was growing up, Johnny, and look how I turned out. Buster. <laughs> so maybe if I had somebody out there to show me the ropes, you know, I might not be hanging out with degenerates like you, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're in Detroit. I'm woke. What are you? <laughs> I stay woke. Okay? All right. Well, All right. That is, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Solari was great. I ordered almost one of everything. The server page, I believe her name was. Is that, is that correct? I mean, I don't. I didn't see her, so. You're supposed to know everybody there, Johnny. That's tough. But I did not, but I didn't bother your chef. I, I could, I almost couldn't contain myself by going up and talking shit about you. You know me. I almost was like, I'm gonna put Johnny on blast so hard, but I didn't. Good. 
you know me. But I didn't notice his braces. I wasn't, I ain't, I ain't fanboying, fanboying out like that. You know what I'm saying? I, well, just I said, see him every day, so. I know, but I said, thank you to everybody in the kitchen. And Edward was like, yeah, yeah, come back and see me anytime. White boy, <laughs> get out of my restaurant. Shut up. All right. All right. Uh, so today's topics. Uh, last week, we had spoke, not last week, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Sorry, episode 66. If you haven't listened to that, uh, go check it out on our SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn. We ain't on Spotify yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we talked about a, uh, a plant-based burger that bleeds. Um, the uh, biochemist had recreated the gene that makes meat taste like meat. Gene? Is it gene? Was it a gene? Yeah. Yeah. That actually gives meat its flavor. Um, and he'd been putting that into a plant-based burger that looks like beef, tastes like beef, and even bleeds like beef. Now, Johnny has un, uh, un, you know scoured the internet, and he has found in the depths of the internet on uh, businessinsider.com science page mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. some new facts. Johnny, fill us in. All right. So uh, this came. This is a couple years old, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard about this, but we're just going to bring it up because it's, it ties directly in to, you know, but your, our last episode. But your great research, man, you found it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Play along, Jared. Anyway, so uh, Colin Payne from the Business Insider, he wrote an article about the University of Missouri um, doing a study on how plants know, about plants knowing that they are being eaten. <laughs> uh, so, like, the article starts off with vegetarians and vegan pay heed. New v- research shows plants know when they're being eaten, and they don't like it. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, what they did is they took a specific plant, um, the thalecress or Aba or Arabidopsis, I think it's called Arabidopsis. Adopsis. Yeah, scientifically, I think it's Arab Arabid. Arabidid. Arabidopsis. Yeah, whatever. Arabidopsis. It's mostly related to uh, kale, broccoli, mustard greens, um, et cetera, those sorts of things. So, you know, yummy stuff. Um, And what they did was they created an experiment where they would test uh, vibrations um, for the plant being... um, eaten by caterpillars. Um, To control this um, experiment, they did similar experiments where they had wind and rain and all those other things kind of affect different vibrations to see if it reacts differently. Um, And what they found out is that there's a certain vibration that happens when caterpillars are eating the thale and that makes the plant produce a mustard gas almost. it's an oil, so and it's slightly toxic. Uh, for a caterpillar, it would probably be very toxic since, since they're so tiny. But basically what they're saying is that as soon as the plant starts being eaten by the caterpillar, it starts the metabolism of it changes. And uh, yeah, and so it starts to produce this oil to defend itself. I mean, it really doesn't do much if it's getting eaten still. Trying, well, there's um, there are there's those uh, there's some of those plants out there that have little little tiny thorns yeah. on their leaves, mm-hmm. and you can see on like planet Earth and stuff like that when the, a spider or a fly or something like that lands on it, begins to eat it or or fuck with it, you can see the thorns raise up. You know, and yep. it's a defense mechanism. It's true. But I don't necessarily now what how are they saying that this they know that they're being I mean, yeah, man. 
Well, they're just saying that since they did, the, that's, the control of it was doing all these other sorts of vibrations to see if it produces the same oil, and then it doesn't. But when the caterpillar starts to eat, eat it, it, it produces this oil. So it can tell the difference between weather, yeah, and uh, natural, naturally being disturbed, or when it's actually being attacked <laughs> and eaten. <laughs> Basically. Damn, It's son. a living organism that thinks, I guess you could say. Or has a reaction. They don't have process. brains. They don't, but they have. They have feelings. They ha I mean, not feelings, but they have a, I mean, a defense mechanism. But it's a reaction. Well, I mean, on, on a couple of episodes ago, remember we played that clip at the beginning of our show, where the chef yells at his food. <laughs> <laughs> it probably knows. Yeah. It probably does make it taste better. I mean, I've seen a couple experiments. Oh, damn, we're getting some hippie shit, y'all. Uh, <laughs> Seattle represents. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if there's been a couple experiments out there where people take their plants um, and they put two, in, they put one in one room and one another room, and then they they go into one room and they give it all positive vibes. Mm -hmm. They talk to it every day. They say positive things. They do meditation around it, and then the other room they surround it with like dark, really evil, negative energy and vibes, and uh, they. They don't talk to it. Um, they treat it like shit. They don't water. You know, they they try to water it as equally as they can, <coughs> but they, their intent is just different towards it. Yeah, you know the way that they treat it, and on most of these cases, the plants, you know, with the positive vibes, have turned out to look more healthier and live longer. Mm -hmm. Some weird shit, man. Stream. It's all about your aura, man. You know, you got to be one with the plant. What colors your aura. Uh, I've heard like red, which I think is Damn. like angry or something. Oh, mine's like purple. That. Really? I'm a purple peeper eater. <laughs> <laughs> grimace. Uh, they call me the grimace. Oh, the grimace. Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, yeah, I, I want them to figure. I mean, it's been a couple of years, so I'm sure there's another study that's going to come out soon. That's like, we've done even more with different plants. Well, I mean, I wonder if this story somehow inspired the movie Sausage Party. <laughs> Because that shit is brutal. Hopefully. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was a real movie until it came out on Netflix. It's like, this is totally a hoax. How did you not know that was a real because, movie? Because the preview for it, I was like, oh, this is totally fan made. Like, it's a fan made movie. And then I saw a pop up on Netflix and I was like, holy shit, this is like a real deal movie. I still haven't seen it, but. It's where all the it's where all the food gets taken home and then just fucked up, right? Yeah, if you haven't if you haven't seen uh, Sausage Party, I recommend it's like a Seth Rogen type movie, but it's it's about the life of being food in a grocery store, <laughs> and everybody thinks that when you leave the grocery store, you're being the chosen to go live in the great beyond, where. <laughs> You know, you get to you. You're unpackaged, and you get to live with all the other fruits and vegetables and sodas from the other aisles. You guys all have to live in one in harmony. And what they don't understand is that you're actually consumed by humans, <laughs> and you're it's you're all being murdered. That's awesome. So it's the life. It's it's the other side. Yeah. And we try to give a view from the back of the house. You know, they're giving their view from uh, inside the packaging. Yeah. So. Funny. Okay, uh, Jane, Johnny, thanks for insight into uh, us being plant murderers. Yeah, basically. Appreciate that. Um, I'm gonna pass this uh, article on to some of my vegan friends. By the way. I'm trying to get a girl on here who's super nervous. Uh, it's my friend Rael, and she's a vegan. She's never uh, eaten meat her entire life. And I'm trying to explain to her. So I keep trying to get her to listen to the show to make her so. I'm going to tell her to listen to this episode. But uh, I'm trying to make her understand. It's like we don't go hard on people in this show. Like, we're pretty fair. Johnny, explain to her. Like, we're just interested in your point of view of well, things. Well, it's never culinary anarchy. 
Oh, we were even polite to him. No, though. we were pretty. Yeah, we were really polite. By the way, if Seth, if you're listening to this, I'm probably not going to have you in studio to promote your uh, your book uh, cooking tour. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, one try was that. Who, who have we had here twice? Amy. That was only because and Rick. And Rick. Oh, yeah, he was a. F- yeah, he did good. Yeah, great. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to get my friend Ryle in here, and she's like, she says, "You guys are gonna be mean to me." No, make, nobody's make mean. We're actually us. like super nice and you know caring, and we actually are not as rude on um, guest episodes as we are <laughs> by ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we're much more rude to each other than we are. Um, okay, Johnny, what ep- what uh, what story do we want to go on to next? You want to cover uh, Chef Edward Lee, or do we want to talk about uh, those um, what people don't understand about us back in the house, folks? Um, Should I go? Run, let's run. I'll go over Chef Edward Lee real quick. Yeah, let's go over because Chef that way it'll give us more time. All right, where do we go? Let me see how we go. This. All right, um, Chef Edward Lee. So Chef Edward Lee is a Brooklyn, Brooklyn-born based, uh, Brooklyn-born chef and restaurateur. Uh, he's currently based in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, he's been on Mind of a Chef. Uh, he's been on Top Chef. He's won uh, four James Beard awards, and he is currently he has a he's currently putting out another cookbook. He's opening a restaurant in D.C. and a bar in Kentucky. Yeah. He is also uh, single-handedly trying to solve the nation's line cook shortage, shortage by himself. Um, he has created the Chef Lee Initiative, which stands for Let's Empower Employment. It is a forty-week paid vocational skills training where he takes what it's six to eight people. Yeah, uh, roughly. Yeah, and uh, he has them work uh, paid, uh, which is pretty cool. Has them work every single position in his restaurant. Uh, he kind of got this idea from reading about unemployment way unemployment rates and people not being able to find jobs, and then understanding that there are plenty of jobs in the restaurant industry. People just um, have aren't never been trained for them, and they don't uh, really understand uh, what it is and what you know what they're in for. <laughs> so he's uh, accepting applications through Facebook and his website. Um, I think this is beta testing. You said Johnny. Yeah, it's still in the beta phase because he does. It's and he's the only one doing it, but he's hoping this catches on that it catches on and more chefs do it around the city. And I know some specific chefs in this city that would definitely hop on that train. Yeah, it's a good idea. And I I think that this is a really good way to show young people that everybody's getting into tech, you know, and not, you know, not, not all of us are that smart. I'm sorry. I like to think myself at computers. I've actually worked in the tech industry before. It just doesn't appeal to me. And I don't like the sound of fucking uh, computers beeping and buzzing around me all day. Yeah, right. Uh, But it's cool because he he makes it um, so that even if you don't want to be in this industry, that you still learn valuable um, things about any industry, such as... um, talking to people like being personable and marketing and probably crunching numbers and stuff like that so it shows you kind of what you could do if you didn't want to be in there which is pretty cool because i feel like for a lot of people in this industry we get in as a dishwasher and we work most of us work back at the house all day you know like until we get old and we don't really realize that there's it's a multifaceted industry that you can do just about anything and once you learn all of those keys you can basically be a small business owner you don't have to work in the food industry most definitely uh if you can survive uh the restaurant industry uh and run a success manage a successful restaurant you can almost manage any store 
any in any type of business. Um, dealing with people in the restaurant industry is one of the hardest industries to deal with people. So. Um, yeah, maybe you'll take a shining to cooking. Maybe you'll take a shining to bartending. Who knows? I don't know. But I guess they're 16 to 17. I think you're going to be 17 to enter this program. Yeah. Uh, it's a rigorous process, though. Yeah. Um, so he said he kind of was inspired because one of the first people he took under his wing for this uh, specific initiative or vocational training, uh, one of the first kids to join it was a boy who came out to his mother as being gay and was kicked out of his home. Uh, quote him as saying he was 16 and he was homeless nobody gave him a job he didn't have a house so he went to foster care he was smart he was driven and why is it because of one thing that your life is going to be over these kids really need our help so he was just you know he saw somebody out that was homeless need a job that goes with any homeless person on the street too yeah um, I've worked with a couple homeless people or at risk people um, in restaurants before they try to be really good guys if you can get them you know get them some stability in their life you know they all they need is a chance yeah definitely. so I definitely think this is a good way to start off with maybe dealing with the homeless problem too yeah, it's tough because our homeless problem is a little bit more than just, you know, being gay or like not being respected. There's a lot of mental disabilities that are going into that, too. So, well, shout out to this. Uh, I've never even heard of this guy. I mean, I think I've seen him before. I recognize him, but I don't know anything about this dude. Um, um, Eddie Lee. Yeah. Eddie. Oh, Lee. he's cool. I don't really know. He's like he's like the the dude chef, you know. <laughs> I thought Guy Fieri was the dude chef. No, he's the douche chef, but <laughs> <laughs> the dude chef and the good chef. No, he's like real chill and mellow and stuff like that, um, and just like likes to have fun with food. Like you can see it in his face that he definitely loves cooking. Yeah, and apparently, you know, obviously the dude doesn't have the time to do it. You know, but he has the passion. Yeah. You know, he runs all these restaurants, opening new places, writing books, but he's making the time and he wants to see some um, some other chefs do this. Uh, so, yeah. So if you listen, if you're listening to the show and you uh, own a restaurant, manage a restaurant or a chef at a restaurant, uh, I know I got a bunch of homies. Um, yeah. Why don't you talk about taking a couple kids under your wings? I, I we, we do it. We I mean, we did it. We've done it at a couple restaurants. We bring people in from. Um, and give them a chance and train them up. They turn out to be some suck, some don't. But um, for an underage kid, man, this is all they need. Right. All right. So last but not least, Johnny, what can we tell people to help us understand what it's like to work in a kitchen? Oh, okay. How, do that one. How can we help them understand? Uh, you, wait, are we doing the what people don't understand? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, it's we I'm, sound disorganized as hell. Well, yeah, because we talked about one thing and now we're doing another. <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, it's it's tough and it's quick. But a lot of people need to understand that this industry is um, a full demanding industry. Like just because it looks glamorous and we spend a lot of time outside of work, hanging out and drinking and doing all that stuff, it doesn't mean that we have free time. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, just to uh, give you a quick update of my personal life, uh, I was hanging out with my lady friend last night, and uh, she I was watching clips on YouTube from Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> now, she had never seen Kitchen Nightmares. What? Yeah, right? Crazy. And so I said, oh, here, we'll watch an episode real quick. Her mind was blown, and she was like, this is just TV, right? No, And I real. said, no, this is real. This is what Kitchen 
this is what restaurants are like. And she was like, no, no, no. I mean, but this is like the worst. Like this is, these are because people need help and you want to cut their nightmares. So these are like, these are the worst. And I go, no, these are not really the worst. They're way, way, yeah. way worse restaurants. These are what they can show on television. Yeah, these are ones that are acceptable that will not, pe- not people will not end up in jail yeah. for sexual harassment or serving bad food. You know what I'm saying? This is kind of fun, a good story, what have you. So, you know, shows like that give you a glimpse into what kitchen life is like. Um, here's this, this list will kind of get you into like a, a, somebody that works in the back of the house's mind. Yeah. Um, I'm going to skip a few because it's like, whatever. Yeah. Johnny hit him with the hot ones. Um, <laughs> no, I can't just take Saturdays off. That's the biggest. That's one of the biggest ones is all, you know, there's a lot of times. I mean, like my lady is always like, oh, can you do this this day? Or I get invited to like I got invited to a friend's surprise birthday party. And uh, my stepmom was like, oh, are you going to go to this surprise birthday party? It's at Friday at 630. And I'm like, no, it's Friday. Friday, Saturday nights are like the busiest nights at the restaurant. You're not getting those days off unless you're scheduled to be off. Well, let me, uh, yeah, a quick tip too for everybody that maybe if you do have a boyfriend or a girlfriend that is in the restaurant and, shit and they are off Fridays or Saturday nights. It's because they're not good. It's because they suck. <laughs> that A squad is on Friday and Saturday, the busy night. Yeah, when you're crushing you know 180, saying? you know, plus, you, so, you need the peeps. That, that's what's up, you know. Um, I, I've, you know, I've finagled my way out of a couple weekend shifts before. I if mean, you I'm do not, it with enough advance notice, it's a possibility, but no, no, no. I mean, I so usually what I will use is I'll work those Fridays and Saturday shifts all the time, like every week. Like I'll ne- and I'll pick up shifts. I'll do whatever I can until I see my opening. We hire somebody that's good enough or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I'll ask for one of those days off, either a Friday night in succession or or a Saturday night. No, that I want on my schedule. Oh, so I'll go look. I can cover this and save your ass, and I'll do this shift for you. I'll move to help you out. But the shift I'm giving up is either a a Friday or a Saturday. And so usually I can negotiate my way out of that. That's tough. One way to get out of working a Friday or Saturday night shift is to work the day. Yeah, or or pick up the next morning. Yeah. So So you get Saturday night off. There's ways you can get off of it, but no, you just can't take a random Saturday night off. It doesn't work like that. you got to ask way in advance. Right. And you're not getting it off. You're having somebody cover for you. Yeah, and another point on that, which is one of the next titles, is uh, dead, in jail, or in the hospital. No other excuse. You're expected to perform flawlessly at all other times, even if you're sick, hungover, grieving, or heartbroken because you found the person you love screwing someone else because you were never around. Can you say that again without laughing, Johnny? Sorry. It's not funny, homie. It's not, because it's happened to me before. I've seen you. Uh, so basically, it says that you're. You, it doesn't matter what's happening unless you're dead. There's no other excuses. Jail or like literally in the hospital. Some some employers require a hospital note. Um, I've had you, to go to the hospital to get out of work, even though I didn't think I needed to go to the hospital or want to go to the hospital. Yeah. I have to go to the hospital. Or else I'm fired. Exactly. Wow. And sometimes it happens, and they're basically saying your personal life really ha- holds no merit to you not showing up for work. So if your girlfriend dumps you, or you know if someone passed away and you're you can't make it to the funeral because blah 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 this blah 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 that you still have to be at work, which is pretty fucked up. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that are depending on you to be there as well um the customers need you well yeah the customers need you and like on the point of like a death in the family if you if you can't fly out or be at that funeral like if 
on in general, you know, it has nothing to do with work, then you, then you're expected to throw yourself into work and, and make it happen, you know? True that. I agree with this. And so I have no sympathy for when motherfuckers say they don't feel good. And yeah, they and brown bottle up. flues don't fucking count for anything. <laughs> brown bottle flues. Get your ass into work. Most definitely. You know, the best thing I'm going to say, you got a brown bottle flu, continue drinking. Wake up in the morning uh, and... Uh, really? Fuck yeah, man. That's the best way to do it. If you stop drinking or you get up and you are not feeling good, you have to continue drinking. That's the only way you're going to make it through the day. Yeah, you got you to... Gotta. I'm sorry. And your chef will understand too. They need you. That's the fucked up part. Come or they'll send you home. Right. And you just tell them what's up. I mean... Or you just work that grill station for a little bit. <sighs> sweat it out. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I, I went... Um, I, I don't want to tell this story, but I will. I uh, got, I call, had to call in. I had alcohol poisoning. Yeah, you've told this story like a billion times. Oh, sorry. Where you like actually had alcohol poisoning. Yeah, from drinking. And I was going to go into work. <laughs> but I, I, could, I physically couldn't. I was throwing up. But... I was still going to go into work, even though I was clearly not able he to was work. Dead. Yeah. Um, you get really gnarly scar scars. Say goodbye to your f the feeling in your fingers. <laughs> so you, there's a term that we use in the kitchen called pantry hands. And uh, that's for like newbies in the kitchen or people who work <laughs> cold side. And uh, there's a lot of times where you're going into the oven with a wet towel and you're steaming, you're steaming your fingers or you're just picking something up off the grill uh, with your bare hands because you need to get it off. And you you know, all your other stuff is dirty. Either I read this somewhere or it was a tip or me and you've talked about it on this show. But no matter how hot something is or how bad you are burning yourself or hurting yourself, don't drop whatever you have. No, you in make your it hand. to the table. Yeah. yeah. You make it whatever you have in your hand. There and there's so many reasons for that. It's A, you can hurt yourself worse. You can hurt somebody else around you. And you can lose product. You can lose product. Um, yeah, and your chef will fucking kill you. You remember the burn on my arm I got at Oddfellows, and they kept on putting all this burn cream on my station, <laughs> and I was like, get this shit away from me. I got to cook through this service. Like, it's fucking 730. Yeah, they're like, you might want to tend to yourself. Nah, nah, I'll worry, nah, worry about it later. <laughs> I'll worry about it later. We'll get to that when we get to that. You know what I'm saying? Um, basically, you stand for 10 hours with no, with no breaks. There, you know, there's... No mention of deadlifting 50-pound boxes of frozen chicken while st uh, stooped over a freezer while your non-slips are freezing on the ground. You are rushing to put away orders because you are now down a guy because he took two fingers off in the robo-coup. <laughs> <laughs> and your kitchen manager had to go with him to the hospital because he doesn't speak English and maybe in the, <coughs> in the country illegally. That's a good point. Uh, now most uh, most restaurants. Uh, well, I was gonna say most restaurants. You're ex you're expected, uh, even if you are a 120 pound girl, to be able to lift a 50 pound box. Even if you're a 100 pound girl. Yeah, I mean that's just part of the job. Um, I mean I lift buckets of sauces that are way you know two you know, two of them 30 pounds. 50 each. pounds is the minimum, but you rarely lift 50 <laughs> yeah, pounds. Yeah. You're lifting you know 60, 75. <sighs> You know, you're lifting above that. Um, and, and, that and this right here, you stand for 10 hours with no breaks, man. That's why I rock them Crocs, baby. <laughs> that's exactly why I rock well, them Crocs. Well, that's why I feel like a lot of chefs smoke in the kitchen is because that's their one second to go sit out on a crate. That's the only time you get a break. Yeah. Is you, be like, I need to smoke real quick. And for our chef uh, at June Baby, we get one before service and then you get one when you're done. Like, that's about it. So... Man, I mean, I'm good. I'm a ninja. I can run real, real quick and yeah. take two drafts. Like, literally, people don't understand, but I will start something in a pan, 
or like fill up a bucket with water, I'll be able to run outside and smoke three hits off that, throw that cigarette out, and be back before my shit's filled up. Jesus Christ. Robbie. I'm quick. I'm good with it. You got to be more professional than that these days. Uh, let's not talk about it, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, a little kindness goes a long way. Very long um, way. Unless they're wearing a chef coat, people in the kitchen are generally treated like they don't exist. Treat them like human beings, and you'll likely be rewarded. Um, they'll be more likely to coming for their shift early, ready to learn, eager, um, excited about food. You don't want to, you know, diminish their, their, their gumption, as I like to say, you know, you want them to come in ready and, and eager. Um, and a lot of times this happens to a lot of us, you know, I, I mean, at one of my previous jobs, that was one of the reasons why I had to leave was because every day was a struggle to get up and get to work. Cause I was like, I don't want to work for you anymore. You yeah. Know? But what about, what about the opposite end of the spectrum though, Johnny, you know, what about, people that are too kind and then people they get walked over and they, they get, get walked, walked over. Well, there's a fine balance of like what you need to do. And that's what a lot of people need to learn is like, there's a difference between being a friend and then being an ally, I guess you could say. That's some, that's one of the issues that I feel like I'm dealing with now, that's right? Tough. Is that I'm, I'm, I'm doing, uh, too, too much work for some of the people at my, at my work. Cause I just, I'm trying to be nice and I want to help them out or I just don't say anything and I'll let them kind of do what they want. Um, and it's because I've been told I've had this drilled in my head over, we've talked about it on the show before it's like be nice be nice be nice so i've decided from now on i'm just not gonna say anything to anybody i'm just gonna kind of let them do what they do and now it's just getting worse and worse right. and worse and they're just doing like less and less well, you can't be and too less. nice that's why you're, i'm just never nice until they do something good i'm like good job <laughs> I'm, just, I'm i'm fuck, i'm fucking the bullshit these yeah, days I'm, like, I'm trying yeah okay yeah um, anyway, I have one more point and then we'll get to ingredient of the week because your boy has to go get the keys to his new heezy. Oh, that's why? Yeah. Um, now, there's a couple more on here. Yeah, but I got to go. I got to get to the south end. Shut the... This is not what you need to be talking about on the show well, right now. I told you this before. <laughs> anyway, uh, your day off isn't for hobbies. This is this goes out for all the people who have significant others and want you to go hiking and do all this shit like on your day off. You know what you really do on your day off is probably eat three day old food, try and finish your laundry and sleep. Sleep. Yeah, recuperate on some shit because you don't have time for all that no nonsense. All right, a couple other bang we'll bang through real quick. You got time to lean. You got time to clean. Always got Always. time to clean. Always. There's no downtime in a restaurant. Right? Yeah, you have to answer questions. Uh, some, so you have to answer questions. Oh, that's what I wanted to touch on too. Uh, with someone with a clear yes or no. None of it this ambiguous shit. Yeah, clean and precise. We uh, chef. Yes, we chef. I know a lot of people that are always like, uh, or be like, how long on this? We're like, uh, like five or six minutes. No, how long? Like, give me an exact, give me the yeah. time now. Yeah. A minute and a half. Yeah. Five minutes. Um, this is one that I wanted to shout out. I try to explain to my girlfriend all the time. It's harder to cook in small portions. I'm used to making big batches. I don't know how to make that in the small batch. <laughs> uh, you know, she's ate some of my food before from restaurants. So that's great. How can you make that at home? No. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I like this one. Kitchen teams include felons, perverts, and addicts. Uh, uh, it's true, uh, you know, and they're all pretty okay as long as they don't screw you over and steal or steal your money. Um, even in scratch kitchens, ninety-eight percent of everything is prepared ahead of time. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's ninety-eight percent. Uh, yeah, I would. 98%. I mean, even when I was working at uh, my one of my previous jobs, that was like super fine dining. All we did to to order was sear. 
you know. Oh, so you par cooked it. Yeah, we par cooked everything. Excuse me. Um, and then we hot held a lot of stuff. You know, you like Gross. do like a small batch in a pot. I mean, if you're doing, if you're doing thirteen plates in a row. You make a batch in a pot real quick, and then you start plating. Yeah, so I got I got an issue with this at my work, and we got uh, the. You night. don't make thirteen individual fucking pieces of the same thing. <laughs> That's just fucking dumb. The night crew at my work, they saute onions off literally every thirty minutes. No, and I'm like, dude, I do ba- batches. I do like three large batches at the beginning of my shift. Yeah, and that lasts us all the way through the rush. And then when it's slow, you make two more batches that get you through the day. <laughs> and I even have backups to start off the night squad. So they have something to start with in order to come in. Well, then a sandwich or something isn't waiting on some fucking onions. That's what they do at fucking Paseos. And, uh, I mean, it makes a difference sometimes, though. No, it doesn't. My, my owner's like, oh, the meat is what we focus on here. Yeah. Uh, the onions is the last time, I think. But I take pride in my onions. Um, by the way, the kitchen has read your Yelp reviews. Yeah. So Busters. By, yeah. So Marks. <laughs> so, but what I will uh, iterate to you, is that a word? Reiterate? Yeah, I said iterate. Iterate? Yeah, I'm sure that's a word. What I will iterate to you people out there, if you have a specific issue with somebody at a restaurant, do call them out by name. Don't don't go ahead and be vague and talk about the whole squad. If somebody, in the ki- if somebody in the kitchen was unprofessional or did something online that you thought was wrong or they cooked a, like a specific dish, Say when you were in there. We know who was working that station at a yeah. time because you're trying to get our whole fucking squad and, and in And it's trouble. okay to be like the Asian guy, the black guy, <laughs> because there's not many of them in the kitchen. So if you call them out like that, then we know exactly Talking about me, you can say the handsome one that has- The one, know, the dude with the chai mustache. <laughs> <laughs> this mustache is sick, fool. It is not. It looks like a caterpillar on the top of your lip. Yeah. Uh, menus are based on the kitchen limitations. Yes, we'd like to cook you some things. Do we have the the-, the space and the equipment to cook that for you no no um johnny anything else there's a such a good list and because johnny didn't have no time we can't go over all of it i mean uh here's a good one dating someone who works in a kitchen is tough uh the hours are long and hard and irregular and late and once you get off at midnight you're both equally exhausted and, and amped up a problem generally solved by silent beer drinking yeah. And yeah, it's it's tough. You know, that's why I I'm dated outside of the industry and it makes my life better. You also have opposite schedules. So you're not with the same person all the time. Like I love my girl to yeah. fucking death. But yeah. quick, quick tip, quick tip from here from two veterans, I guess. No, we're not veterans. We're I'm getting there. Novices. No. Amateurs. <laughs> Amateurs. Whatever. Um, if you are young, you're in the service industry. Oh, shout out Tobias. Uh, thanks for the heads up on uh, season uh, four of Mind of a Chef. I totally forgot about it. I totally forgot about season three. Uh, season three sucked. Well, that's yeah. what you're saying. And then uh, the homie to hit us up. But yeah, we know people in the industry listen to this show. Um, don't date. Stop dating people in the industry. I know that it's hard to get out there and meet people outside the industry, but at the end of the day, it's going to make your life a lot. The reason why they make dating websites. Yeah, it's going to make yourself a lot. Stop fucking girls that we work with, too. Yeah. That's just sad. It's stressful enough working in the fucking kitchen, man. They you catch feelings. You don't need to fucking catch the stress of a girl fucking watch, sitting there, fucking watch. Bar, you dating a bartender, and she's watching a server flirt with you from across the way, and she's sending you texts while you're online blowing up your shit. Stop dating fucking people you work with in the industry. Gross. The shit's so incestuous. It's incestuous. Gross. Think of them as sisters and brothers. Yeah. Uh, Also, uh, to add to that, which we talk about on the show, constantly making sex jokes isn't sexual harassment. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, it is. But it depends on who you're talking. No, to. it's not, man. I can't help myself. Yeah, I, I know because you're an ass. No, that's not true. It's, it's not true. so funny. <laughs> I constantly, literally, out of the nine hours I work a, a shift at my job, I guarantee you, at least four steady hours are. Uh, of me making sexual references. <laughs> Not sure. specifically to people, but just about food. You know? I can't help myself. So we'll end the list with that. Keep on making those uh, those sex jokes, but not sexual harassing jokes. Right? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you be solo on that one. <laughs> Johnny, man, I've seen... Uh, okay. All right. Anyway. I don't do it anymore. I've grown up. Yeah, it's true. I can't help myself. I just laugh. It, it's not. I mean... I'm not talking to anybody in particular. I'm just speaking out loud and maybe saying in a sexual manner. Sometimes you just got to keep them thoughts in your head. I can't. The demons are escaping, John. <laughs> Exercise. All right, Johnny, what do we got for IOW? <laughs> uh, Fiddlehead Ferns. Do we have a sponsor for this week's IOW? Um, your mama. <laughs> <laughs> we are reaching out for sponsors for IOW. I think we had a live event this week, too. Hope. I mean, I hope it's next week, not this week, because I'm busy. <laughs> Aaron better text me back. Right. Um, okay. Fiddleheads. Uh, you go first. Me go first. Me goes. Uh, let's see. Uh, Johnny says he uses a sprayer to clean these things off. I don't know about that. Um, I mean, I if you have a cleaning station in your kitchen, then it's usually a sprayer. Yeah, but I usually put them in. I usually put them in water, soak them in water, and then put on a couple gloves. And you got to be real gentle on them because you can damage them really, really easy. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find them wild around here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've went fortune found get them. Yeah. Okay. So today's recipe is going to be cream of fiddlehead soup. Okay. What you're going to need is you're going to need about a, uh, two cups of fiddleheads. Uh, you want to chop them up real fine. Uh, I'm going to say you want to use about a cup of uh, chicken stock or vegetable stock, one small onion, two tablespoons of butter, uh, three to three and a half cups of milk, um, and a half cup of cream. Um, you're going to season it to, you're going to salt and pepper it to taste. Uh, so you want to melt the butter. Um, you can use any kind of seasonings you want. I don't know. Johnny, what do you, what do you think? For cream? No, no, no. The spices. Uh, no, for making creamy soup? Yeah. Garlic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can use lots of garlic, lots of onion. Let's do maybe some tarragon. And, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Fiddleheads have a pretty prominent flavor. What's spice? I'm trying to think of spice. I mean, cayenne's always good. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, so add some cayenne in there. Um, you want to saute your onions, your garlic, your fiddleheads, I don't know, 10 to 12 minutes. Uh, make sure they're cooked through. Add your milk. Bring your milk up until it's about to start boiling uh, so it's just heated through. Uh, you want to turn it down. You want to stir in your cream slowly. Add your salt and pepper um, and get that thing rolling nice and heavy. Um, and then reduce it down a little bit and uh, pull it out. And uh, what should we add for garnish, Johnny? Some sexy oil. Yeah, maybe some parsley oil. Yeah, you know. Yeah, T take some parsley, chop it up really fine. I'd probably say also some like mixed, or not mixed nuts, but like roasted chopped nuts. You pistachios? Know? Pistachios would be good. Yeah, you could roast off some pistachio. That is, man. We made that a sexy dish. Yeah. I'd make mine nice and thick, though, so I'd add more cream to it. Thick. 
Yeah, I I jacked this. Uh, <laughs> I jacked this recipe. Well, I saw the recipe on fiddleheads.california.com. Oh, it's a California recipe. Great. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's from this fiddlehead farm. But uh, they have all sorts of crazy recipes. But I just jacked theirs and just made it my own. <laughs> so they were trying to use bouillon cubes, homie. And Johnny was out there like, I use bouillon cubes. Yeah. I do all the time. Anyway, hey guys, if you guys could take one guess of what Johnny's gonna do with his fiddleheads, what would you say? <laughs> Correct. Go ahead, Johnny. <laughs> t- tell him what you're doing. Well, I was, you know, I want to ferment the fiddleheads, <laughs> make it hot, make it, <laughs> make, make it hot, make it. No, slap. I'm just getting really into uh, fermenting and doing stuff because we do it at work, and it's a great way to preserve, you know, whatever extra no waste. F- yeah, whatever extra food you have, and fiddleheads are pretty interesting. I see a lot of people just like saute them and throw them on a on a dish, and yeah. I'm like, th- that's good and all, but it's not very innovative at all, you know. So um, what I do is I take the fiddleheads, and you after you clean them, you put them in a container, and you put enough water in that container to just cover it. Um, and what you're doing there is you're going to take the fiddleheads out, and you're going to weigh that water. So you know how much water it's going to take to cover, yeah, to cover the displaced the fiddleheads. Um, then what you're gonna do is you're gonna, after you weigh that water, you're going to do three percent of that water of that weight um, of salt. So what you'll do there is you'll take your salt, your your the weight of your water, and then you'll weigh three percent. So you'll basically take the weight and do point times point zero three. And whatever number comes out for there, that'll be the weight of your salt. Um, you'll add that salt. You don't even really need to heat it up or anything like that. You'll just mix it up real nice and you'll place your fiddleheads in there raw. Um, then you'll cover it up and you leave it out at room temperature for, you know, a couple days, maybe even a week. And then after, you know, you see them starting to absorb that goodness, um, put it in the refrigerator or you can can it. Boom, boom. Bing, bang, boom. Did you add anything else in there? Sometimes I add coriander. That's it. Yeah. Nothing else. Nothing else. Well, you can also play with that. You could also play with that uh, fermentation recipe and get all sorts of crazy flavors infused into that. Um, those fiddleheads. It's a pretty good one. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a nice garnish on like cheese plates and. Stuff it's a good like way that. to keep keep the color, keep the flavor, uh, with adding a new uh, dynamic to the flavor, mm-hmm. um, and it'll look beautiful on a plate. Maybe put it on top of the soup. Maybe. You know. Add a dash of soy, soy or two in, in, in this recipe. If you have a fermented fiddlehead, you don't want any more salt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is going to bring us to the end of episode 67. 67. 67. We're getting up there. Remember some old people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Keith Boogie was not here today. Actually, he was here, but he left. He'll be back. He was trying to get us to throw out a, one of our episodes that we fucked up. Or it's a really early, early, early episode. We actually had a different uh, different host before Miss Hello Echo Hawk. Shout out to Hello, though. Pamalama Shamblam. Pamalama Shamblam. Hello just did a uh, like a natural indigenous people's pop-up, yeah. pop-up dinner. That was hella old school native food. So um, I would like to thank Studio 212 for letting us record here. Uh, I would like to thank Soundcasting Network for hosting our podcast. Uh, Johnny, thank you very much. Welcome back to town. Thanks. Uh, I'd like to thank all those listeners. Um, we keep those emails coming. We do read them. We try to respond. to we, we don't Except for Allie and AJ from Toast. Stop. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> like the only email we get, and I'm like, I can't stand it. Sometimes they send us some cool stuff, but uh, yeah, they're on that regular basis. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't find us on all of my brother reached out to us and was like, I saw your podcast thing. I was like, that's just like a preview video. Uh, but yeah, you can get us on Instagram at Johnny at Grow How Long Steak Mister. What about Facebook? Uh, Girl, how long steak mister? What about uh, Twitter's? At how long steak mister? Damn, you're good. Johnny, how can they reach you on social media? Uh, Johnny Toonami. You can get me a, get at me on Instagram. <laughs> uh, thank you for everybody that has been adding me. Uh, I follow motherfuckers back if you got a dope page, but if you're looking basic out there, Sorry. You, ain't got, you ain't got some art or some cool food on there, I'm not following you back. Me? I want to see pictures of your family. <laughs> Except for Michael down in Hawaii. Yeah, you keep on doing it. You, you got, keep you on got, doing it. We like your you shit. You got fun kids. You got your kids are dope. Um, yeah, you can get at me at Bobby Stills. Uh, check our show out on uh, iTunes, Grill Hong State Mister, SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, rate and review us. Follow us, please. Um, yeah, hopefully we've got a sponsor here soon and we can start uh, maybe adding some more cool shit, do some live stuff. I don't know. But Johnny's trying to get me out of the studio. So uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Grill. How long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.